take your Bibles with me tonight, if you will, and let's go over to 1 Samuel 21, 1 Samuel 21, and as you're turning there, let me encourage those of you that are able to come out um, on 714 on Saturday morning, and just think of this, if you get up and make it out at 714, you're up early, you got the whole rest of the day to do whatever you want to do, so just come on in and just enjoy a time of prayer. Also, the Savvy Sisterhood, which is our new uh, Single Moms Ministry, uh, they're having a meeting this Saturday at 5 o'clock. Uh, and those that would like to be water baptized, we're going to have a baptismal service on the 21st. Uh, but if you're, I'm sorry, an orientation meeting on the 21st, and then we're going to have a water baptism on March the 28th. Those that are interested in joining membership, and we'll make the announcement again on Sunday, We'll have uh, two membership orientation classes, and those will begin April the 11th, April the 18th, and we'll have a membership Sunday the following Sunday. So if you will, take your Bibles with me, and I just want you to know tonight I'm talking to you. Individually, I'm talking to you. I'm going to let everybody else listen in, but I'm talking to you. Okay? I'm defining my audience tonight. You are my audience. You. If you're listening tonight, everybody else is just tuning in to what I'm speaking to you, and more importantly, what God is speaking to you. And if you will, if you will grab hold of this as if this word was spoken to you directly, it's going to change some things. It's going to help in some areas. It's going to strengthen you. Who am I speaking to? Thank you. Father, I need your help tonight, not just tonight, but always, Lord. I pray that you will speak beyond my words. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring an anointing, Lord, that will settle. And, Lord God, any distractions that may be occurring in people's hearts and minds tonight, I ask, Lord God, that you would flow by the Holy Spirit into the, in this place. And, Lord, as we walk out, God, in beloved identity, and everyone said amen. I want you to look here in 1 Samuel 21, verses 8 and 9. It says, And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. Now, as we look at this passage here, and if you, if you study the word of God, and if you read um, the chapter, the verses before that, you'll discover that David has been anointed king over Saul, but Saul is still reigning. He is still the, uh, he's still the king in charge. He's the one sitting on the throne. And David becomes his, his uh, armor bearer. He's the one that goes out into battles, uh, defeating the enemy. But we see that Saul's rage begins to rise up. He's threatened by David and tries to kill him. So David is now on the run. And he makes his way to the, the house of the tent of the Lord there where they're keeping all of the holy furnishings. And he is there in a, a Himalek, 
is the priest that's in charge. And so David is there on the run from Saul, not wanting to get anyone, anyone else in trouble. Uh, he tells a story that, that he's on the king's business. And the king's business was to kill him, but he didn't want to share that part of it. So he goes in and he says, is there a sword that I can have? And he said, well, here is Goliath's sword. You know, the Goliath, the one you killed in the valley of Elah. His sword is in here. David said, give it to me. There's none like it. Now, as I'm looking at that, and the title of this evening's message is this, when the plans of the enemy backfire. When the plans of the enemy backfire. Now, it's interesting as we look at Goliath's sword, and you know the story from last week, as we talked about, or if you spend any length of time here, you're going to hear about David and Goliath. But we saw in, in 1 Samuel 17 the story how that David came in, and we found out that David's name means beloved. And folks, I believe if there's any identity we need to take on and understand, it's beloved identity. David's name means beloved. It means that he is loved, he is greatly loved, that that beloved has more to do with the one doing the loving than the one receiving the loving. And if you begin to comprehend and meditate on the love of God and stop for a moment and stop listening to the, to the, the narrative of the enemy, stop listening to every time you find yourself in a valley, that old stinking Goliath shows up in that valley, and he will, he's going to tell you you're anything but loved. But how many of us have found ourselves trapped in situations of our own mind, sometimes our own making, and in that narrative of the spiritual mind or our thoughts, our immediate thought is God is angry, God doesn't care about me, why are these things happening, on and on and on and on, and it's just bombardment against yourself. It's those giants that we find in those valleys. And those giants are, they, they, love to, they love to operate in intimidation. You know, I've always preached conservatively, Goliath being nine foot six inches tall, according to the smallest measure, the cubit. But some believe he could be upwards of 10 and a half to 11 foot tall. It's a pretty big dude. He wouldn't have to even jump to dunk on a 10 foot goal. In fact, it struck his shoulder. Do you know what I'm saying? But here is Goliath, and he operates on intimidation. He's a man who was out there who has a spearhead that weighs 25 pounds. His coat would weigh more than half the, uh, of those uh, armed forces of Israel. His coat weighed 200 pounds. And he's standing out there, and his, his name, Goliath, we found out last week, means soothsayer, fortune teller. Let me tell you, has the devil ever given you a good outlook when it comes to your future? It's always lies. He's from the city of Gath, which means wine press. Let me tell you, when you find yourself in the valley, those low places, those are the tactics the enemy uses, and they're out there, and they're wanting to ultimately, if they can't kill you, then they ultimately want you to serve them. Fear would love you to serve 
it for the rest of your natural born life. How do you know if you're serving fear? Because if fear tells you something, you believe it, and then you respond accordingly. They don't like you, so you respond accordingly. You can't do that, so you never try. You cannot be accepted, so you resist uh, ever getting into a, a relationship with others. You can never overcome your addiction, so you continue in that addiction. You can never overcome your childhood, so you live out your days uh, according to what was spoken over you. And that is what the giants do. And they're not external giants, uh, but they are internal giants. And those internal thoughts that you have that prevent you from following after the things of the Lord are the things that you allow to prevent you from following after the Lord. When you understand that you are genuinely and emphatically loved by the living God. Though your parents may have never loved you. Though you may have been told your mistake. Though you feel like the only way you can be loved is if you are by the measure of your performance. Those are lies of the enemy. And they do not reflect the Father's heart. You are beloved. You are richly and emphatically and radically loved by God, the Father. How do you know that? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. The voice of the Father was spoken over the Son three times, and two of which at his baptism and in his, at, his, at the Mount of Transfiguration. Both times he declared, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And if we could begin to comprehend, I'm asking the Holy Spirit daily. Give me the revelation of the love of the Father. And more importantly, let the revelation of the love of the Father be released in the hearts of the children. Whereas when we come before the throne of grace, we just begin to cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, I need you today. Now, as we look at this, here's Goliath. He's the giant, same giant that many of you face. Nine and a half foot, ten and a half foot, eleven and a half foot. I don't know. It doesn't matter if he's 16 foot tall. But he's standing out there in this valley, ready for battle. Saul's taking his camp up in the valley of Elah. The valley of curse is what it means, a valley of, 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 of perjury. He, he's perjured himself. He said, I believe in covenant, but he's not acting like he believes in covenant. He's perjured himself. Now he's going to, here's David, he comes out and a, Goliath begins to laugh. Just like many times your thoughts that seem so giant in your mind, that failure may not seem like anything to anybody else, but it's your giant that blocks your view. It's your giant that keeps you from, from doing what God's called you to do. And that giant is, is there and it's, it's telling you, that you can't make it, and it's laughing at you. Ha, am I a dog that you come out of here with me with a bunch of sticks and stones? You're out here saying to me, what are you going to do? 
Goliath said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to, the fowls of the air are going to eat you after I get through with you, tearing you from limb from limb. But David is there. David says, oh, no, 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 no. You come to me with all your physical weapons, your carnal weapons, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of giants, of strongholds that may be resident in our mind. The safe places we run to, God can tear those down by the mighty name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. He is the commander. He's the chief. He's the general. He's the one that takes care of all these battles and you're going to know today that he's coming down that you are coming down and here's Goliath just laughing and the Bible tells us that David takes off running after him he takes off running and what's amazing to me is what the word of God records and the word of God recorded that David took the stone and the sling and he swung it around and he with precision accuracy by the Holy Spirit knows just exactly where to land that rock in order for that giant to fall. Oh, that rock of revelation can cause that giant to tumble and to fail that giant. Hit him in the head with the rock at the only place that was not exposed. Wasn't exposed. Was exposed, I'm sorry. I keep saying wasn't. They later on went and put a little strip in there after David's occurrence. We'll call that the David factor. You got to factor that in if you're going to battle. Now, the Bible says there in 1 Samuel 17, verses 50 and 51, along in there, said David killed him with a stone. But commentaries say that, that he probably failed him with a stone. It, that the stone hit him and he fell over. Knocked him out, basically. He was good as dead, but he had to be finished off. So David didn't have a sword. He just had a stone and a sling. So he goes up and he, he mounts that big, giant horse of a man. And what the Bible records is that Goliath never drew his sword. He didn't draw his sword. Maybe he was stunned that this teenage boy is running after him. Or maybe it was just his blatant arrogance, thinking that I have crushed so many, so many before. I have annihilated and I have torn apart men three, four, five times bigger than this guy here. And now he is running after me. What is he going to do? Oops, clunk. Miscalculation. See, the devil has miscalculated the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He thinks he has her right where he wants her. And he hasn't drawn his sword. But I'm telling you that the power of the Spirit of the Lord is going to come up on the people of God. And they're going to understand that they are loved of the Lord. And they're not going to run from the enemy anymore. They're not going to allow fear and self-hatred and this self-destructive behavior and addiction to continue in their life. But they're going to run after those giants 
David drew the sword out. The Bible never tells us whether Goliath regained any measure of consciousness. But what we do know, according to what's written in the Word, is that David took the sword that was meant to destroy him. The weapon, this is, if you don't know, this is the part that I'm talking to you. The weapon meant to destroy you is the very weapon that David used to cut off the devil's head. See, there's been a lot of folks in this house this day, and you have listened to this bronze helmet, this judgment-declaring mindset of a giant sitting in your valley, telling you everything that's ever happened is a direct result of the dislike that God has for you and the fact that he doesn't love you and that otherwise these things wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have happened to suffer these things as a child. You wouldn't have had to suffer these things as an adult. You would not have these things afflicted upon you. But let me tell you right now, the very weapons that were formed against you, they're not just not going to prosper. They're going to bring destruction to the devil's camp. It's going to destroy. That depression that took down my father, that depression that tried to devour my mother, that same depression that tried to choke the very life out of me, I finally discovered that, yes, by the power of the Spirit of God, I can take the enemy down, and that weapon he's used against generation after generation after generation, it's going to stop right here because now that sword that you meant to destroy me with, do you have that sword? on hand, I think I'll take it with me. Let me have it because there's not another one like it. How many champions had fallen to Goliath? I've told you, and I, I don't know that I say it enough, until we get the revelation, we need to hear it every time we get together. God didn't just save you. He saved you for generations. When he looks at you, he's looking at generations. He's looking not just at, 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 at your life. He's looking at your children's life. He's looking at your grandchildren's life. He's two grandpas in here bragging about our babies just before service. You can't help it. <laughs> You just, that's, that's, the, that's your joy, your children, your children's children. And the God, allow me a longevity. I hope to see my children's children, children, if the Lord tarries. Understand, it's not just about me. I wanted it to stop. I wanted depression to stop there and not go any further. And now, let's take that sword out that was meant to destroy me, and let's destroy the enemy with that very weapon. See, there's not another one like it. The sword that your giant is carrying, your story may be similar to others' story. But let me say to you, it's not altogether the same. No one has your story. There's not another one like it. 
you, we, we may have some similarities in background. We could have some understanding, but your story is unique. It's authentic. It is powerful. It is life-changing. It is generation-altering. Nobody else has a story like your story. It is, it is, give me that one. Stop trying to use other people's weapons and start using the weapons God has given you. It's your story. Use it. Here's Goliath. Man, he, he didn't just walk out in that valley. He wasn't some he wasn't some wimp there that just walked out. He thought they were sending a wimp out. A warrior wants to be taken down by a warrior in the natural. But what we see is Goliath, he whipped everybody in his camp to gain that honor. I'm the champion. I'm the champion of the world. How many nations did the Philistines subjugate? How many people? See, Goliath was overly confident because it's believed by historians that Goliath is the one that defeated the armies that captured the Ark of the Covenant. There are many that believe that Phineas and, and Hophni, the two sons of Eli, were killed by Goliath. So he had no reason to fear Israel. Let me tell you, when you come into the identity of the beloved and God finds a king after his own heart, and let me tell you, you can trust tonight that there's a reason why the weapons of the enemy will not prosper against you. It's because the weapons of the enemy will not prosper against the beloved king that lives on the inside of you. And I will operate at the pleasure of my king. And where he says, go, I go. And what he says, do, I do. I can't let these giants continue. Stop hiding your weakness. It's your greatest weapon against the enemy. Let me tell you, when I tell people, I used to be so ashamed, Tommy, because I couldn't read. And I would hide that because my buddies in class would always make fun of the fact that, that old Sanders, uh, listen to him, uh, he can't read for nothing. He must, how did he make it this far? That was the question <laughs> I was asking myself. And let me tell you, that wasn't anything for God. It wasn't a single thing for the Lord. Give you strength, help you to overcome, help you to do things you didn't think you could do. Being a public speaker was a phobic fear of mine. I had to give a college report one time. Yes, I'm in college and I can barely read. I had to give a public uh, a speech. On CPR, of all things, pick a topic. I thought CPR, maybe they'll listen or at least look at my notes. And then if I pass out, they'll know what to do. It literally, my heart was beating so hard, it looked like I had two cats fighting in my shirt. What can God do with that? Well, I can. I can deliver you from that giant, and I can give you the sword, and I can put it in your hand, and I'll make, you a, I'll make you a public speaker. You'll be a mouthpiece for me, and your whole life will be centered around study. How about that? And I'll just show you things in the Word, and you can show it to others. And next thing you know, you can, and you can, you can start equipping others with the sword. Good stuff, isn't it? 
Aren't you glad I'm talking to you tonight? See, the, the enemy's plan when he went after you, it backfired on him. You're talking about a bad day in hell. What? Goliath's dead. What are we going to do? Run, 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 run. He's been running ever since. From Calvary on, he's been running. What? The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the beloved of the Father is not dead. We are in trouble now, boys. Are you hearing me? See, will you understand that you are loved because Jesus Christ lives in you and he is loved and God loves you no matter what you do, where you go. It doesn't mean that God wants you to continue in bondage. He wants his children free in the knowledge of who they are in him. Would you understand that? You are now a lost cause for hell. You're a lost cause for hell. Hell doesn't have anything else to put on you can't keep you bound let's scare them no they scare us let's get them to let's get them to hate themselves no they love Jesus and they know Jesus loves them more importantly they know the father loves them see the father's been defamed he's been defamed and it's the Antichrist spirit that started from the fall of man. Keep defaming the father. Keep tearing the fathers out of the homes. Keep, keep, keep the fathers from, from having that natural portrait of what love should be. And we can, we can begin to destroy. Don't tell me that the devil's not after generations. Why do you think he's starting so young? It's because he wants to destroy our kids and Folks, if we're going to be zealous, we should be at least as zealous as hell. But I believe heaven is more zealous than all of hell. But if we begin to, just begin to ask. And if you don't pray for yourself, just say a prayer for me, if you will. God, bring revelation. Bring revelation. Lord, unveil your truth about who you are in us. If you look at the word of God. You'll find out that David at 1 Samuel 30, that Ziklag was overtaken. And the, it was, he was still on the run from Saul. I know for certain, because I could say almost for certain, i got to go by what the Word tells me. And what the Word tells me is that David went and he got this sword of Goliath. Now, wouldn't it stand a reason if he traded in that sword? I see, I need a lesser model. I want the 7.0, not the 9.0. I need a, I need a shorter staff and a longer. It doesn't tell us that. What was David doing? He was. We were sword shopping right then. I think I'll go with the samurai. No, give me the long blade. No, give me, the Bible doesn't tell us. What it does tell us is that he picked up Goliath's sword and he started carrying that sword. And when he went into battle, he used that sword. The Bible tells us that at Ziklag, he shows up and everything's gone. His kids, his wives, the provision, they're gone. What does his men do? They haven't received the revelation of a beloved. <laughs> Let's kill David. 
when, when parishioners want to kill the preacher, they don't have the revelation of the beloved. <laughs> what are we going to do? Kill, kill the preacher. No, no, let's don't do that. Let's don't do that. Go back to the word of God. What did David do? do? What did David do? David the dude, this is what he did. If you're going to fumble, just might as well carry it all the way. Amen? Pick that ball up and run in the end zone. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, Lord, it's amazing to me. Lord, do you want me to pursue? I'm, I'm about to get stoned to death. I could die on this spot. Lord, do you want me to pursue or do you want me to just stand here and take it like a man? He said, no, I want you to pursue. And you're not just going to recover. You're going to recover all. So he goes down to the camp. He finds the Amalekites that raided. They had been raiding other cities and other nations. And most of the nations there understand they're city-states. In other words, a city is made up of state. So they're, they're going through and they're just pillaging. They're hitting the nomads. They're hitting the, the plain dwellers. They're hitting the cities. And, and they've, got, they've got so much stuff. And they're just sitting out there, just proud as punch. And here's David, and 200 of his guys couldn't make the journey, so they're all tired. And so the 400 make it in. They go in, and they wipe out the Amalekites, or at least they, they so devastated them, they were on the run. And now when it was over, David said, all right, this is my spool. This is what I'm taking back with me. Well, see, David... He gave, if you'll look at the, at the word there, the last couple of verses, he went and gave gifts and restoration to 13 different cities and regions. See, the Amalekites stole a lot of stuff. The Amalekites went and destroyed a lot of lives. There was a lot of cities that were burnt down and families that never recovered. But here is David wielding the sword, the weapon that was willed against him for his destruction. He's now bringing destruction to the enemy's camp. He's not just wielding destruction. He's recovering things that have been stolen. See, it's not just about you. Because God has recovered you, you're going to help somebody else to recover. And somebody else is going to recover. And they're going to hear your story and that is unique to you. And their story is going to be empowered because it's unique to them. And now we see there's destruction in the enemy's camp. I'm talking to you. You'll find out that David continued. I'm going to give you the passages. I'm not going to read them tonight. But let me tell you that in 1 Chronicles 18, David, he not only attacked the Philistines in his reign as king, he also went to, in First Chronicles 18, it tells us that the, he didn't just go, Tommy, he just didn't go get Goliath and behead him. He overtook the whole city that Goliath was from with, I believe personally, with the sword of Goliath. <laughs> with the sword of Goliath. <laughs> he took all of Gath. Good God man y'all wake up he took 
the whole city with the weapon that was formed against him, that was trying to prosper, that was trying to kill him, that depression that they thought they had you down for the last count. I'm going to choke the life. Wait a minute. The very sword of that enemy beheaded that enemy. God have mercy. This is starting to get, I'm starting to believe it now. He overtook Gath. I'm going to see if I do any better over here. He took not just Gath, but all of the Philistines are now subjugated to Israel. The Edomites, the Syrians... Nation after nation after nation, all of the enemies of Israel. I'm going to stay over here. Y'all at least smile at me. (laughs) All of the nations of Israel. All of the nations that were against Israel. David took that sword. That spirit of suicide that thought was going to get you. Take that, devil. Unloved of God. I'm not hated, I'm loved. I'm not going to act like an unloved person anymore. I'm loved. I'm not going to hide my weaknesses anymore. That's the thing that's going to get you. And I'm going to cut your heart out with it. Tell me I can't read, I'll read more. Tell me I can't preach, I'll preach more. Tell me I can't overcome, I'll overcome more. Let me tell you, when you first saved, you're kind of reckless with that sword. It's okay. Because you can cut up the enemy. You can go witness to people you didn't know you weren't supposed to witness to. You're going to go talk to about Jesus and tell them all your deep, dark secrets and think, uh, wait on some religious person telling you you can't do that. Let me tell you, you just keep wielding it. You'll eventually learn to use it. Uh, you'll eventually be able to cut, uh, reach in and just take his heart out with it. Are you hearing me? I'm talking to you. My preacher used to preach such fiery passion. He'd always say, if you can sleep during my sermon, you got the peace of God on you. Go ahead and sleep. (laughs) Never found anybody sleeping while he preached. See, once you understand you're loved, all of those weapons against you, the plans, the hellish schemes that have been the works, For generations, might have worked on the last generation. Alcoholism worked on my my grandfather. Alcoholism and drug addiction worked on my father. Spirit of depression worked on my father and my mother. Oh, it went to work on me. I only drank to get drunk. I only smoked to get high. Always looking for it, always wanting it, always craving it. If it was self destructive, I was doing it. It was working. Spirit of depression, spirit of suicide, all the just nasty thoughts in my mind all the time, no peace. Couldn't couldn't lay my head down and rest. Oh, I feel the spirit of God in this house tonight. 
But oh, I woke up one day. God woke me up and I began to understand that he did what he did for me. He died for the whole world, but he died for me. He refused to live all of eternity without me. So he came after me. Man, he showed me once I accepted him. It's not your performance, son, that I'm looking for. It's your heart. Just give my love a place to land. I'll show you how much I love you. You will fall into a love relationship with me. And now we'll take, you see all that, you see all that, see that alcoholism, you see that drug addiction, you see that, you see all that destruction. Guess what we'll do? I'll tell you what we'll do. I've already defeated the giant. I'm going to go ahead and give the sword into your hands because I want you to wield it. I want you to carry it. I want you to walk with it. In fact, I want you to know this. I, I, I have those that hate the Lord. He's going to repay them to their face. And so every time you win, it's the Lord winning and defeating the enemy face to face. He's going to know that he has no toehold. He has no strength. He has no might over a child of God who understands the love of God. And now his plan has backfired. Now, one last thing. One last thing. Bible tells us that everyone, as David went on the run, all those people that were discontented, they were in debt, they were discouraged, they followed after, in distress, they followed after David. Now, that word, in debt, read some things on that today, interesting enough. The root meaning of that is usury. In other words, the demands of Saul placed on the people was egregious. And people just got tired of it. I think that's part of the reason why David was like, we were saying no taxes, no taxes. <laughs> In other words, no more, no more usury, no more exact, exacting, no more taking and no more. See, if you live under a carnal, which Saul represents the carnal man, if you live under carnality, you'll never find any joy in living for the Lord. It's going to always feel like there's more than you can ever pay. It's always going to feel like it's you, you are constantly in debt, not knowing that your father has given you an inheritance. Don't miss Sunday morning, please. He has given you an inheritance that you didn't earn. It's one he bestows upon you because you're his child. We'll get into that Sunday. But now, David took those 600. They became, the Bible tells us, his mighty men. They were the last lost of the losers. They were those that were distressed, discontented, and in debt. And now they are recorded as David's mighty men. 
And there were other giants that were in the land that the Philistines would, would hire them out as basically mercenaries. And now there are other giants that rose up, but you know who took them out? It wasn't David. It was David's mighty men. In fact, they did such exploits. One guy who had the name above them all killed 800 in a single setting. There was one guy, and he, he killed what the Bible calls two lion-like men of Moab, killed both of them. And then there, one translation says that there was an Egyptian, and he was a spectacular man. I didn't take time to look up. I was just so enamored by the word spectacular. So if they call him spectacular, he must have been spectacular. But here this guy goes out and he doesn't even buy, he doesn't have a sword in his hand. So he goes and takes the spear from this spectacular Egyptian and kills him with it. That's an awful thing to get killed with your own weapon. If you don't believe me, ask a life. I'm going to close with this. See, why did David ask for that sword? Well, Goliath didn't need it anymore. He had no head, and he was dead. But he asked for that sword. I got a little bit more, but I can't. I'm just going to draw back. See, he asked for that sword because that sword now rightfully belonged to him. Your victories don't belong to anybody else. What you've experienced through the power of Jesus Christ, your story belongs to you. I'm talking to you tonight. I'm talking to you tonight. Individually, if you're listening, I'm talking to you. Let the Lord Jesus show you how much he loves you. Let the Father show you how much the Father loves you. Jesus would not have come if it wouldn't have been for the love of the Father. For the Father so loved me so loved you he gave Jesus he who gave us Jesus freely the father gave us Jesus freely how would he withhold anything oh God Reveal your love to us. That generations, Lord. Andrea, she said this at the study group. As she was sharing with him on Sunday. I believe it. The Lord didn't just save us. I think the Lord brought us into the kingdom because of our children and what they're going to do for the kingdom. And my grandchildren, what they're going to do for the kingdom. And their children, 
It ain't just about me. It's not just about you. Let's wield the sword. Let's tell the story. Stand if you will. The love of God will motivate you. The love of the Father will cause you to do things that you otherwise couldn't do. If your walk with, with the Father and your image of him as an evil taskmaster, you've got the wrong image of the Father. If you're walking out and, you're, and you still hear the voices that tell you that, that everything that has happened to you is because you are purposed to be isolated and alone and you better protect yourself and you better guard ever, against everybody because they're going to find out uh, how sorry and no good you are. That's not the Father's voice. That's the voice of the giant. That's the voice of the enemy. It is not God. It is not God. It is not God the Father. He declares to you, I love you. He's proven his love through Jesus. And right now, we need a revelation. That, that devil that keeps telling you to return to that sin and keep on with that addiction, keep on with that lust. That's not the Father. The Father can deliver you from that through his love, through the sacrifice of his son. There is deliverance in this house right this moment, right this moment. All those years of childhood angst and all of that destruction that came your way, you are free by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ given to you by the love of the Father. The love of the Father is being released just like the enemy rose up in these last days this spirit of antichrist uh, that is bringing defamation to the love of the father is destroyed by the power of the might uh, of the revelation of the holy spirit uh, lord i pray tonight uh, that you would release god a floodgate of your love uh, into our hearts into our minds into our spirit uh, lord you control the revelation uh, but lord we are petitioning you you said if we would draw nigh to you uh, lord god we lord lord you would draw nigh to us. Lord God, we cleanse our hands, oh Lord God. Lord, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask tonight, almighty God, let there be freedom, Lord. Let there be such discoveries, my God, of Lord, just a backfiring of Lord God, all of those. Oh my God, when that Goliath fell, Lord God, generations froze up, Lord. Oh, merciful God, when that bloodline, Lord God, when it stopped with us, Lord, future generations, all of his schemings, all of his plans, Lord God, were destroyed in that moment, Lord. I ask in Jesus' holy name, Lord, give us, Lord God, the confidence and the understanding, Lord, to walk in authentic life. Lord, my God, an authentic life, Lord, not covering up our weaknesses, Lord. But, oh, my God, letting our weaknesses become your strength. Lord, I love you. Lord, I want to love you with your love. I want to know you, Lord God. I want to know you, Lord. Oh, I want to know you, Lord. Oh, God, I want to know you. I want to know you, Lord. God, I want to know you. Oh, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Oh, hallelujah. I want to know you, Lord. God, release a ravenous hunger, a ravenous hunger. Oh, God, release a hungry love, Lord, a hungry love in this house, Lord. 
Oh, passion, God, that'll well up, Lord, inside the hearts and the souls of your people, Lord. Our God, let there be a weightiness, a heaviness, a kabod of the glory of God. If you're not walking with the Lord, if you are not saved tonight, if you don't know the love of God, if you're living, you're, you're in a place and now you're just like, I, I can't keep going on. I can't keep going on. Just lift your hands up to the Lord and surrender, surrender. Say, oh God, I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my past. I surrender my future, Lord. Come in and be my Lord. Come in and be my Savior. Come in to be my King. Lord God, I, I want to know your love. I can't love you with my love. I got to have your love, Lord God. Come in into my heart. Uh, deliver me from myself. Deliver me from my sin. Deliver me, Lord God, from the clutches of Satan. Uh, Lord, deliver me, Lord God, tonight I pray. Lord, let, uh, let me go free tonight in Jesus' name. Just receive him tonight. Receive him tonight. He so wants you to be saved. He wants you to be delivered. You can't be what you're called to be without him. That's the point. Father, we love you. God, we need you. Children of God, ask the Lord right now to give you courage. Give you courage in Jesus. Stop looking to yourself. Start looking to him and be brave enough to believe that he loves you and that he accepts you. Not by what you do, but because he loves you. Lord, let your love be revealed in our hearts. Oh, God, I believe there's some mighty men and women of God that are going to rise up because of the testimonies that are in here. Because the plans of the enemy have backfired on him. Oh, it's a backfire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I was talking to you. Did you hear me? Love you. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. Night and the week. Hallelujah.